Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we are rolling. Oh, man. I'm going to count us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tori J. I'm Lex Michael. And we're joined by a special guest. Yes! Special guest! Everything is on fire! Ah! All right, Malik, What's <laughs> introduce up? yourself. How's it going? <laughs> um, Malik McRae here. Director, photographer, philosopher, thinker. Ooh. You know, Ooh. all kinds of stuff. How's it going? It's an impressive resume. I'm good, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me on man. your podcast. This is my first time being on a podcast, so how um, do you how do you feel? I feel um I feel official, man. We all we all got headphones on right now. This it's is like a, this is a big sitting, thing for yeah. you going into the show is that everybody be wearing headphones. Yeah, yeah man, we're sitting here. We're sitting here. Um, yeah, just doing a damn thing. I'm yeah. excited. He was like, I'm "Where are pumped. the headphones?" I had, I had to go run to the store, get three sets of headphones, and I was like, "Is this is this good?" And he's like, "I came with my own just in case." You no, know? so it's just... like I, I asked Malik to come to our show, and he looked at me real intense, and he's like, "Will there be headphones?" <laughs> and I was scared for a sec. I was legit scared because I didn't know what to say. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta be official, man. It's true. I get it. Um, so, uh, if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different mediums, whether it be movies, TV, spoken word, poetry, uh, what else do we do? Uh, music! Also music! Yeah, I've been here once or twice. Um, and... And occasionally we talk about experiences as well, not just, not just couch specifically in media, but also things that have affected people, things they've done, things they've seen, things they've felt, and how those things shape the people that we become and how and why they resonate with us the way that they do. Phenomenal. It sounds like what you're describing is a retrospective that's introspective. (laughs) Pretty close to the mark. Yes, I'd agree. Um, So Malik brought in a a good movie. Um, (laughs) Are you being nice? I never know what kind of adjectives (laughs) to use to describe things that people bring in. Whether I like it or not, I'm just like, oh, it's a thing. Um, But he brought in Old Boy from 2013. Not the Um, Park Chan-wook, but the Spike Lee. Yes. The Um, the remake, the American American remake. Surprisingly not a Spike Lee joint, though. That's the first thing that should should be pointed out. Like, it is not... A Spike Lee joint. It doesn't yeah. start that way. Right? Um, it's directed by Spike Lee, Spike Lee, but not a joint. Right. Yeah, I hear that he had a 140-minute cut, and then the producers were like, nah, son, we're going to get this down to an hour, hour, 105 minutes. Mm. Um, and so he and Josh Brolin were so upset by the recut that he was like, this ain't my joint. Yeah. It's a film I did, but it's ain't my joint. Mm-hmm. The uh, the hammer fight was actual footage of the executive meeting where they were trying to suss that all out. Josh Brolin just went in with the hammer and was like, we, we want it. And then they drugged him. Yep. And they were just like, might as well use the footage while we have it. Right? <laughs> um, I think I had read that that was a, a late entry to the movie. Like, the hammer fight? Yeah. Which is interesting. You'd think, given that that's such an iconic sequence from the original movie, that that mm-hmm. would be the first thing that would occur to them to include. Yeah. Okay, so so for context, right, uh, Tari, <laughs> you have actually not seen the Park Chan Wook original. It's just criminal. That I, is... I haven't. I've I heard the term "old boy" a number of times. Yeah. Um, and I know that it is, it is a classic. Everyone loves it. It's it's super weird. Um, and very indicative. Not indicative, but like very classic, like Korean cinema. Mm-hmm. Um. I just never got a chance to check it out. So when you guys 
um, had recommended it. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then you guys were like, yeah, 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 the Spike Lee one. And I was like, okay. Because um, I hadn't heard good things about it. I heard that people were like, why are they remaking it? Uh, and then it was remade and they were like, that happened. Um, so that was the only thing I knew about it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really interesting to come into, especially doing research about the original afterwards and knowing right. like what the differences are. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was mostly what I was thinking about th- throughout the whole thing was like, what was Americanized and what was from the original, uh, Korean version. Hmm. Which which speaks to a conversation, Malik, that you and I were having when we were talking about you doing the show, which yeah. is you you mentioned wanting to use Spike Lee's Old Boy as a bit of a jumping off point to talk about a little bit more broadly American remakes of foreign films, beloved or otherwise. So I guess right up top, I want to know why Old Boy in particular. Like, why was that the movie that you fixated on immediately? Well, I don't know. It was the first one that came to my mind. One and it was also uh, if you look on my Instagram, you'll see that my name is uh, Spike Leak. Mm, <laughs> so nice. that is like, you know, an homage to one of my favorite directors. You know, so I, you know, when we when you came to me with this idea about the podcast, you were like, think about anything that you want, and we started talking about American remakes. That was just one of the first ones that came to mind because I was the one I was really excited for because I I love the original. Right. And the original is just ripe with just all of the stuff that like Western culture is afraid to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like all of the like the incest and like all of the just the shit that like you can't talk about at church and shit like that. You know what I mean? So I was very interested to see. And I thought that Spike Lee kind of represented a rebel director that could have taken that stuff and 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 done it justice right because he seems like somebody that exists to the left of the status quo anyway so he could have taken a story like that with that shocking kind of um uh, material in it and still made it like super cool yeah but um i think he fell victim to what what to what i feel like every american remake falls victim to is just western sensibilities and like the way that we tell stories and absorb stories and they i don't know they stifled the the story they they yeah. just they just destroyed the opportunity to tell something for american viewers in the same way korean people see it you know what i mean they're too afraid to like keep it to to the books in my yeah. opinion and they definitely especially when we get into the third act they lose a great deal of subtlety Oh yeah, Which they I just think- go all out. You know, it's not about the it's not about the substance. It's about the spectacle. Yes, that's what I think. Western because we're used to the answers. We're not used to the questions being raised. So I don't know. I just think so. What made me pick Old Boy was that like I had a lot of hope for it, and you know, once I saw it, it just you know it just kind of fell into the same category that you can put "Let the Right One In" and uh, I you know all these other kind of remakes that we uh, the, well. The Departed is a very, is a very, like, rare outlier because that mm-hmm. one was actually a really good remake. Right. Yeah. Where are all the fanboys demanding for the Spike Lee cut? Why isn't? Why aren't there anyone boycotting whatever studio this was to be like release the the Spike Lee cut? Where where is it? Um, I want to live in the timeline where Spike Lee walked away from the movie after being told to make the cuts, and they hired Joss Whedon to come fix it. <laughs> Um, I mean, so I, I don't want to jump into the, the third act mm-hmm. yet, but I really do because, <laughs> um, I'm, cause I think I really wonder, cause I know that in the original movie, mm-hmm. um, Josh Brolin's character slash, um, what is his name? Oh, uh, Odesu is the character in the Odesu. original movie yeah. played by Choi Min-sik. Yeah. So Odesu um ends up with the girl he finds out is his is his daughter so there's a spoiler lot of alert like, yeah we that's spoil the big on this. Spoiler. Just full yeah. spoiler. if you yeah. haven't seen either version of old boy whoops sorry <laughs> why are you here yeah listen you knew what you were getting we, into yeah we spoil i guess this is a missing out like we tell people why they're missing out of things i can cut that out it doesn't matter um just what you do is you just place in a spoiler warning oh it's like yes. cover your ears if you're offended by trigger warning incest three two one yeah um if you're offended by the thought of a father and daughter how appropriate too we are recording this show on father's day oh hey. great father's day special <laughs> that, just, hey. that, that just occurred to me 
That is amazing. So we're gonna pipe in that what a John is a John How Mayer song, fitting. Daughters. We're just oh, gonna layer it God. under the whole show. Ooh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Um I I <laughs> now it's all I can think about is that John Mayer song. Um But yeah, in in the original, he ends up with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um but in this version he finds out and then basically um, decides to go back into the uh, makeshift prison. Um, is that how it ends? Is that how this one ends? Yeah. So at the end, he like, sends her a letter and is like, I'm going away for a long time. Just live your life. And she's like, I I'm am going to live my life. I'm sorry, little one. Yeah. And yeah. then he, he pays uh, Samuel L. Jackson a bunch of diamonds and is like, put me back in the prison. Um, so and he, it ends on so, like a, a slow like pull out or pu- push in push in to his face and he just he gets this little smile and that is when he decides he's going to get all the infinity stones right yeah. ah. this is a Thanos origin story that's how you, that's where that's where it all came from yeah I didn't know that was how it ended so and they, they kept like the whole like gratuitous sex scene yes right um, yeah they kept it uh, and, you, uh, and I was actually surprised uh, by it because I was like, are those are those uh, Elizabeth Olsen's boobs? Yeah, are they just like she. Is this happening? Yeah, some um, legit some Scarlet Witch nudity. And it's just, it it's insane weird. that like yeah, isn't it always funny how like they get naked for movies that just like are terrible? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like you probably had to psych yourself up into that scene, and it's like you know you want it to be something that people are gonna like you know, laud at the end of the day. And it's just like the movie was shitty and like nobody, like, you know, all that work you did, your pay grade, like, maybe for not. Maybe it <laughs> you was know? just, she was looking for a chance to be naked. She's like a secret nudist. Or maybe, and, yeah, maybe yeah. she knew the movie was going to be shitty. So she was like, let me get the nudie in this one. Just get, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Because not very many people are going to see it. Right, everyone's going to forget about this. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, don't worry about it. It's actually like a negotiation tactic. You think like, if, Kevin, if Kevin had seen that movie, she probably wouldn't have <laughs> But she can always, now once people discover it, she can always say like, clearly I am comfortable with nudity. Right. No judgment. I did it, but I did it in a way where nobody's really going right. to know. Also, right. here's my rate. Just yeah. so you know, I was right. paid this much by Spike Lee to be naked, and so now you have to. Pay I wonder me what that conversation was like. You know what I mean? He's just like, "Hey, Olsen, um, so we need you to be naked." I picture, next- I picture him sitting down with her for coffee. Like they'd met a couple of times. She already signed on. They sit down. Spike doesn't say anything. He just slides a page across the table, looking her right in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> just um, a sex scene, all in bold. I mean, though, I would like to imagine that she was like, wait, I'm going to be naked with Josh Brolin? Hell yeah. Uh, is, he a, is he a sought after? I, think I know he's, I know he's like a him. legacy child, but like, yeah. is he a sexy legacy child? I don't, people I don't, are real hot for Josh Brolin. People are hot for Josh yeah. Brolin? They, did, they do have a whole like Thanos is sexy thing going around oh, yeah. now. The, you know what I mean? A, like, he's, he's on the cover Can of like. Can we call our boy yeah. band sexy legacy child? Ooh. Yeah, yes, we can. That was uh, it. That was my entire interjection. There was no, <laughs> nothing further. Uh, and great. it is accepted. Your, your <laughs> contribution is accepted. Um, oh, man. Uh, I, but I didn't I didn't know that Josh Brolin was necessarily... In your household, was Josh Brolin, like, the guy? Yeah, like, you know... My Did mom, your sisters have, like, Goonies on repeat a whole bunch? Was he in... Guys, he was, yeah, he was the older brother in Goonies. I didn't discover Josh Brolin until MIB3, um, when Wait, he was playing young Tommy Lee Jones. Was that your first... Yes, Josh Brolin. That was my first Josh Brolin joint. Interesting. I want to say for me, first time I really noticed him was uh, Grindhouse, and mm-hmm. Grindhouse I believe was the same year as No Country for Old Men, which is I think Josh Brolin's always just kind of been there for me. You know what I mean? I didn't really put together that he was in The Goonies for a long time. I think the first time I saw him was in like No Country for Old Men or something like that. But then he was in what else was he in, man? Um, I think like Milk was right around the same time. W was right around the same Milk, time. W. But then, yeah, he does a like, crazy impressive Tommy Lee Jones impression for the yeah. duration of an entire movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, he's impressive. I, so, can we talk about Josh Brolin in this movie for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, I, having no context for this movie mm. and having, uh, uh, I have a general dislike for unlikable main characters. So, like, it, Interesting. It, it took me a really long time to, like, really settle in to uh, Joe. Because, uh, I mean, 
it it's on purpose that they make him really shitty and and like a very unlikable character um but like but when he was imprisoned i was like yeah i get it it's fine wait wait (laughs) So you were just making that so because you didn't like his personality, you were like, "Yeah, I would imprison him too." I, not that I would because imprison him. Because by the time him, that we saw just him in prison, it. he hadn't done anything like to be imprisoned. So you're, you're, to, from your perspective, old boy is the story of a nice rich man who's doing the world a favor by putting this dude in a hole. <laughs> yeah, did you guys see how he was walking the streets asking people for booze? That lady was trying to sleep, and he, and he's just like, "Oh, he's got alcohol." Go to a bar. Go to the liquor store. Come on. Oh, man. Just, just clean them up. Everyone in that prison was just someone who was disturbing the peace. Uh, Needed to be put asshole. away. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I thought I liked, I liked a lot about his performance in this movie. Like, he did a lot of small things mm. that I really liked. Like, there's that moment when he gets out of the box um, when they let him go. And he just, like, sw- he just smells the the grass yeah. and like really enjoys like just being, being outside. outside being in the public for the first time that's uh, another thing that they pulled from the original I thought very well yeah. I, I do like the, the, the detail of they put sunglasses in the box with him because he has not seen natural sunlight in a very long so time just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah um, but I I will say that like when I was looking up the original old boy there was they made it very specific that like by the time he gets out he is super animalistic, mm-hmm. and he's he's basically just like a a, a wild dog at that point. Completely, mm-hmm. yeah, um, utterly, utterly transformed from the person he was going in. Yeah. Right, and you get fifteen years will do that to you. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because every time they release another verse, so like the manga, it was ten years in uh, the original, it was fifteen, and in this one, it was twenty, which is weird. Um, but all that to say, like, I, I, I feel like that characterization of the original movie mm-hmm. you understand why he would go on this like violent spree whereas like in the remake the remake it feels less a little less justified i'm telling you those are those western sensibilities man yeah. those are those those are the suits being like make me understand this more i don't <laughs> understand why we're you know what i mean so they have to give them they have to give us these kind of watered down grandiose ways of telling the story and the problem right and like i see it the problem is that when they say like make me understand it more their solution isn't to add nuance and complexity to it remove exactly it's (laughs) let's just and you realize we're not making anything more clear we're just stripping away all of the nuance from this thing exactly yeah well and yeah that's a bummer because like that scene this the first scene you see him be violent um just comparing it to the original movie like he he is actually harassing this lady mm-hmm. um and then these guys are like step off and then he like brutally like beats the shit out of these guys um whereas like in the original like he is just wandering the streets he grabs the cigarette and he's um, yeah the, the dudes and, initiate with him they bully right. him yeah. and and it's also like him testing out his like he's because there is a very specific difference between like fighting uh, like shadow boxing and mm-hmm. fighting in the real world so this he was idea, hitting walls too yeah bare knuckles bong uh, bong which was dope that was um <laughs> but like this idea of him kind of like testing out his abilities is a thing that builds his character whereas mm-hmm. like it, josh brolin's joe character was just kind of being a monster for monster's sake um which i thought was a bummer because it like paints the way that he uses violence moving forward right yeah and i liked so i liked everything about the character except when he has to be violent um so like the dumbling clue uh montage was probably my favorite thing in the movie Mm. um just this idea of him like eating thousands of dumplings just to find the one you're talking about the the original or the remake did they do this did they do this in the remake it's been a long time yeah, yeah, yeah. In the remake, seen it. so yeah. they, they followed the tra- they trailed it back from the dumplings too. yeah yeah okay. he, he finds like the dumpling dude who gets the big bags of dumplings presumably to feed all of the people, people. by yeah. the way that's that's if they hadn't get more spoilers if they hadn't killed off charlotte copley's character at the end of this movie i would have loved to have seen the sequel where brolin goes back and frees everybody that 
they've been keeping incarcerated in these boxes? Because presumably these dumplings aren't just for him, right? Or are they buying all these dumplings in advance? Because it's a very no. specific, it's a very yeah. specific personal plot he's got against uh, Joe. Yeah. But right. I'm wondering if they've got other people in these boxes, and I want to see the movie where Brolin goes back and frees them all, them and all. then they have to wage a war against Charlton Copley and his like I don't know biologically I mean, engineered giant spiders or some he shit. He couldn't have done that alone, right? Like who who bought the building? Who owns right. the? You know what I mean? I feel like then it becomes the raid at that point. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna get a few people and we're gonna we're gonna free this building. But like no one wants to be free. No one no one wants to escape. They're all indoctrinated. It's 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 too bad. So he's he's fighting the people that he came to protect <laughs> i'd watch this movie dude the only reason he wanted itself. only yeah. reason he wanted those stones man is to go back and beat charlton copley <laughs> that's what avengers 4 is about is him fighting charlton copley mm, yeah 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 no the deleted scene from you know infinity war is like right after he snaps his finger it's like right before he has sex with elizabeth olsen in the movie oh it's yeah like, wait no <laughs> it's it's the like, whole Stop! end game she's sitting there on the bed just like and he's like no! The entire <laughs> end game is for him to rewrite reality and unsex no! his daughter. <laughs> it's true. This all this all lines up. Like that's why Thanos has such a messed up relationship with his kids. With his kids, he's just you know because he banged one. <laughs> Jesus. Way back when. Jesus. Oh god. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Did I did I spoil the podcast? No. Speaking of banging your kids, um, so. There's another big difference between the original movie and the remake is that in in the remake uh, or in Josh Brolin's version, um, the the guy who what is his, his name is not Arthur because Arthur is his father. Um, Adrian. Yes. Adrian um, was in this family where the the the, the patriarch was essentially uh, molesting his kids and. Um, abusing his wife, and then mm-hmm. he like, and so it becomes super convoluted in that. Um, essentially, uh, Josh Brolin as a as a college kid uh, saw the sister having sex with the father, and then the shame took him to made them go to Luxembourg. Then once they went to Luxembourg, um, the father was like, "Oh, the shame!" and like murdered everyone. Um, whereas, like in the original. It is a direct relationship between a link. the brother and the sister. There's that Western. I'm telling you, bro, it's the Western. I know, but like abilities, man. Where in this executive meeting are they like? But like, how can we add more layers to this? Right, how and the we- solution they arrive at is: how about instead of an incestual relationship between a brother and sister, the dad just has sex with both of his children? Right. Apparently, yeah, <laughs> because like Westerners love molestation, but they hate incest. <laughs> That's that's the solution. But think, it's like, yeah, it's- I think that's it. Like we're joking, but like, yeah. And the thing is too, right? Like this is this is an example of I, I do feel like where the villain is concerned. Even though I think Charlotte Copley's performance is pretty great. Yeah, uh, we did right. Like you get the the relationship. Uh, the character's name in the uh, in the original version is uh, Lee Woo Jin. And he was truly, like, there was a truly loving... He was in love with his sister. And they were, it seemed like they were kind of mutually in yeah. love. Yeah. And, of course, like, uh, uh, Odesu outs them the way Joe Doucette does. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was, the other, okay, the other wrinkle that I think is interesting, right, is that all of, uh, all of Lee Woojin's scars are internal. Mm. He's actually, de- he's depicted as a very put together, very handsome, uh, very handsome guy who essentially has bested Odesu in life in Every, every conceivable way. way and is still so driven by this hyper focused uh, uh vengeance quest against him yeah uh, because because odaisu fucked up the one thing that he like loved you yeah. know what i mean guys you never forget your first love like all that you know all that stuff that he went to achieve was nothing compared to like what he wanted to build with his sister exactly whereas in the spike lee version Charlton Copley, his character, uh, he's very physically scarred on his side, yeah. and, like where the dad put a big, like a shotgun blast through him. So he's, and he's far more straightforwardly villainous in like the Western sense that you were describing. Exactly. It's, it's way less about any romantic attachment in any particular direction because that might make audiences too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. More uncomfortable even than a father having sex with his children. We have to know 
who the bad guy is. Like we can't be confused as to who the bad person is. If right. we if we're if we're on both sides of the fence, it's too confusing for us. Like that's just the way that it works. Like we gotta know who chokes the bad people out, who you know, who rapes the children, who does like if right. because if everybody's doing it, then we're you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna know who to stand for. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, like we can't we can't have those we can't have those movies where like the the line between like good and evil is like crossed on like from the protagonist and we have to figure out whose side we're on like black panther was like the closest thing we got to to the villain being right yeah are you kidding me right you know what i mean people we're not used to that it happens incredibly rarely especially when you know like there are maybe there are artistic reasons to remake old boy but i feel that the primary motivator was to make money you're essentially cashing in on a movie that people know and you're looking to recoup your investment and then some. So if that's the case, and yeah, this is maybe a cynical perception of how this all shook out. If that's the case, I get if, you're, if your only goal is like bottom line, how do we rework this so that maybe we get the biggest possible return on our investment? That's how you arrive at, all right, well, let's just make the villain like this hideously scarred, right. generally crazy person. That way we know he's evil. Exactly. Right. Look, yeah. look at how messed up his torso is. Totally. No nice person has a torso like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, bad guys ha- only have scars. Or <laughs> anti-heroes. I will scars. say, though, there is a moment in this movie that is a direct byproduct of that that, to me, was just as messed up as anything in the original, which was when we get the flashback of the father making the rounds and killing the whole family. When he enters the room and Adrian is there, Adrian's like, hi, father. And he's like undoing his pants as he does it. Yep. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. I'm going to have to rewatch this movie. (laughs) Um, But... uh, You're you're bringing up of money and and like the motivation of, of... like remaking old boy kind of leads us into the the other talk that you wanted to talk about which mm-hmm. was essentially uh how we come to to adapt things and, and yeah. the, the differences uh that come about when you're trying to take something foreign and and adapt it to and adapt sensibilities to. think about the question is what gets lost in the translation you know what I mean? Like, what gets lost from taking that source material from Japan or Korea or wherever it came from, and when you bring it over here to the viewers, like, what gets lost? Because, like, a lot of... I, I feel like it's... like it, I always go back to saying about it's just, like, the Western sensibility and how our attention spans are just, like, way shorter than they are on the East, and we need to figure out where shit is going way quicker mm-hmm. because we'll lose interest right. otherwise. Um, so... I just wonder, like, what, but nowadays, with things like the information age and the internet and stuff like that, we have American fans that are already watching the original things now. You right. You know what I mean? There was a time where you would only get the American version of something because you weren't, you weren't privy to what's going on in London. So you don't see that office over there. You see the office with Steve Carell because, like, that's, you know what I mean? But, but now that we have internet, we can download the office. Right, exactly. It's like, unless, watch. even, like... Even just a what ten fifteen years ago, unless you were yeah. really keyed in, like you were you were one of the niche audience, like people that were very devoted, yeah. and passionately following movies. Yeah, entirely possible you would have no clue that the thing existed unless you had a friend that was like, "Yo, this shit's fucked up. Check mm-hmm. it out." But when you ask like what gets lost, and if I were to answer that question, I would think like it's kind of the same thing that faults um, video game movies you've noticed there's never been like a really good video game movie no the closest that we come is uh, movies that are not direct adaptations but that take kind of video game logic video game rules video mm-hmm. game aesthetic and play like scott pilgrim yes is, right. is for my money one of the best video game movies there is right but that's like i, I would cons- i would consider that like a graphic novel film before i call it a video game movie yeah. right you know what i mean sure but it still plays with all of the like you know the the uh, mini bosses and bigger bosses and right. all of the mechanics of it like everybody exploding into coins and the scores and the references and all of that also baby driver has the most grand theft auto sequence towards the end of it that i've ever seen mm, with in the, a movie. the cop chase yeah. yeah yeah i don't know have you guys seen jumanji into the jungle Okay. Pretty good video game movie. That's a pretty good video Have game movie. Okay, but we're talking about Laura Croft. 
Tomb Raider. Was that good? Pretty okay. Movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was say, pretty okay. <laughs> sorry, We're sorry. talking Angelina Jolie or Alicia Vikander? I haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the new one either. Oh. Um, I hear it's pretty good. Wink. Have you seen? Have you seen uh, either one of you seen the Assassin's Creed movie? No, no. I haven't either. No. <laughs> it's like but I have not. Here's the thing. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> hey, don't don't disrespect me like that. No, here's the thing, man. Um. I just think there's a not a disrespect. We're gonna call it. We're gonna call it. We're gonna call it a disregard to the original source material. I think whoever gets their hands on the source material from those foreign films completely disregards what that story is about. Right. And they're like, we're gonna bring it to America. We're gonna make it our own. That's what they did with Death Note. That's what they did. Oh, you, you got. Yeah, I mean? you have feelings about Death Note. I do. <laughs> I have so many feelings. We did um, we talk about this really briefly ever on this show? Because I saw the Adam Wingard Netflix movie, and that is the only iteration of Death Note that I have ever seen. And I think it probably, for that reason, worked better for me than it would for Death Note fans. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in that, like. I, I think I went on some form of rant about it because we were talking about something else that was like an adaptation or or something that was brought to America. Um, but it has it has problems. But I assume the next thing that you were going to say was like the that Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Mm. Um, and is that mm. the one where Spike from Buffy plays Piccolo? Yes. All right. It hurts me. Um, and he's like he's like. It's like they're like it's like Dragon Ball Z, but with Dragon Ball storylines, and like he's the villain, and it's just like they're. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Disregard to the source material because we're gonna make a Dragon Ball Z character film with a Dragon Ball plot line, and like we're just gonna act like motherfuckers aren't gonna be upset in the theaters. Like, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm uh, I, I'm raising my hand right now yeah. so that we we pause and I can acknowledge that I don't really know what that means. Oh. Uh, you, I think, Tari, have a far clearer frame of reference. I can break it down for, for you. I you don't mean. really understand the difference between, between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. I missed that whole boat. I oh, had some man. friends growing up that were super super into it. Hold up. But I can't get like I can tell you though I can. We, I did this recently because we talked about the um. The thing I forget the name of, uh, the that mashup DBZ abridged. Okay, oh, this, yeah, guy, this guy just asked me the difference between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Finally, something I can talk about for hours. How much time do you have, my friend? Like we can go on because this was the hours. This was the thirty minutes. This was the other thing, though, right? Is because we were talking about Americanized remakes, and then you immediately segued from there into the, uh, apparently you do have a. A dream, a fantasy of uh, what you described as a perfect Dragon Ball Z movie, mm. and because I know that Tari has a frame of reference for such things that I lack, right? I was very curious to have Tari in the room while you sort of laid okay, this well, out. Okay, let's, let's start. Let's let's yeah. start here. So break it down for Lex, and okay. then go into your movie. Okay. Because I know some character names, and that's okay, basically we'll, we'll start. It. We'll start at the we'll start at the beginning then. Um, Dragon Ball. It starts with Dragon Ball, right? And obviously, Dragon Ball is the story of Boy Goku, Son Goku, Goku. <coughs> <clears throat> Goku when he was a little boy it's his childhood it's his coming up as a young alien Saiyan boy who fell on his head forgot what his purpose was Goku was sent to earth he's an, I didn't even know he was an alien yeah he's an alien that right. was, he was an alien that was sent to earth to uh, to conquer it basically the same way does that thing yeah okay similarly to how Superman got here yeah because um, was he sent to was he Superman wasn't sent to Earth to conquer. Right. He was just sent to Earth for refuge. Right. Like his shit was just being destroyed. There was an intentional goal of the Saiyans to send their like enhanced seed to Earth so that, that by the time the entire you know, by the time the generals got ready to go to Earth, it would already be ready for them to go because they all thought that Goku was gonna be there just laying out the red carpet for everybody. Right, okay. Right. And he you know, the Saiyans are like extremely powerful beings so he could have been doing this shit in his like infancy so he's kind of like so he's kind of like loki in avengers he's the dude who gets sent to mess shit up so that when the big dude right. arrives then he can roll the carpet out basically right. so he gets to earth right but something happens with his ship and it lands in a weird place falls out of it and lands on his head <laughs> okay. right that's yeah. what happens he lands on his head okay and all of you know everything that he was supposed to do it's just gone. Like memory is just gone. All right. It just becomes this just blank slate of a of a alien baby. So now he's just this like stupid alien baby 
on Earth, and he gets, <laughs> yeah. And Dragon Ball. Uh, I wish the I, show. If the show was called Stupid Alien Baby, I absolutely would have watched in. it. <laughs> Hell yes. You would have the T-shirt on right now. This is also my favorite description of Dragon this Ball. This is working though, right? Am I yeah. wrong? Is, is there anything I've been saying? You got so, it all accurate. Stupid Alien Baby, right? Yeah, yeah. So Dragon Ball basically is the story of the stupid alien baby who gets found by this human farmer guy, and the guy gets you know he raises him to just become this to becomes Earth's strongest fighter, basically. He becomes Earth's strongest protector instead of the the tyrant that he was sent there to become. All right. Which is the, you know, that's the beautiful, like, duality of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was sent there to conquer, and now he's the savior. Does the, the big dude who sent him eventually go, huh, it didn't really work out. We should do something. Years later. Yeah, not until Dragon Ball Z. Not until Dragon Ball Z. So hang on, wait a minute. So you both are saying this shit like it's supposed to no, mean no, 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 something. No. So um, um, how do we? So how long does the original Dragon Ball go for? About what two, three hundred episodes? Um, oh, Lord, something like that. Something like, like that. At least because there's so arcs. many. Yeah, there's so many different arcs. There's yeah. the, the the tournament arcs. Yeah, there's all of that. Piccolo is a villain in Dragon Ball. Yes. So you have to understand that the manga started in the eighties. Okay. Um, and it is still technically going. Because they've moved from uh, the regular one to Super, um, that isn't important to you in this in in this moment. Um, but essentially, the the character Goku grows up with the people who grew up with the the manga. So essentially, there are um, hundreds of volume hundreds of volumes of the original manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, after about a decade of its run. They, they do a short time skip so that he is now a teenager because the people who were wa- who were reading the manga also became teenagers as well. And that starts a new arc. Um, and uh, essentially that is when the Piccolo stuff starts. Uh, well, uh, the second Piccolo stuff. Um, but then uh, after, after the Piccolo arc, they take a break. Uh, and he grows up and he has a wife, a son... Um, and you kind of get a, uh, you get used to his new life as a, a father for a little bit right. so until if, they introduce the Saiyans. So if Dragon Ball is child Goku's story, Dragon Ball Z is adult Goku's story. Got it. You know? Okay. And Dragon Ball Z is when shit like gets serious. Because like I, I'm a fan of the entire universe, but like Dragon Ball Z is the shit that like, that's the shit people remember. Right. That's you know everything that I've heard everybody the, talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Super Saiyan and all of that shit that gets everybody, you know, fucking hype. <laughs> people coming home from school, not doing their homework until they say, like, that's that's Dragon Ball Z. Right. So, like, Dragon Ball Z is the when, like you said, obviously they fucked it up. So they send Goku's brother to come check on shit, you know. And the cool thing I always thought was great about Dragon Ball and that whole universe was the names and how they like came up with the names and stuff because they're uh, all derived from like foods and shit like so, that. So yeah, is his brother? I was gonna say, is his brother the veggie veggie guy? Vegeta. Vegeta well, Vegeta is the prince of. He's 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 the Saiyan prince. Yes. So are they related? They uh, got the same no. hair. They're not uh, related. They're both they're the same species. Okay. So is the whole the whole species has hair like that? Yes. Then okay. Yeah, they all have spiky. They all have got spiky it. hair. All right. Cool. Yeah. Good. And the and and the, the, Vegeta. And the name of the planet that the Saiyans are from is called Vegeta. Yes. Okay. There's, there's like a running gag in, in DBZ Abridged where anytime they're like, Vegeta's in danger, the king will go, the planet, my son, or me. <laughs> okay. Because um, there's King Vegeta. Yeah. Prince Vegeta, Prince Vegeta, and then, and then Vegeta Planet, Planet. Vegeta. This does seem like it would be very confusing. Yes, a and not bit. terribly efficient when issuing commands. <laughs> um, no, but uh, but yeah. So uh, it went from being a like a, a, a slight adaptation of Journey to the West, mm. um, with a lot of more spiritual stuff, to more of an action-oriented anime, mm. um, where they focused on a little bit more science fiction and and and. Uh, a lot more of the battle mechanics. Mm-hmm. Of, so they took all That's the what it got really stuff. shonen. Yeah, it got super shonen. Um, and so that is where Dragon Ball Z lives. Um, and so you wanted to adapt Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball well, Z? Well, as a director, 
yeah. it's always, you know, I, I think about like my dream project and what would my dream project be? Yeah. And I would probably never do this because I'm sure it would be like career suicide. You know what I'm saying? But like in a perfect world, you know, and if I could like have the resources and the means to do it like properly with the right technology and the right, you know what I mean? Just the right team because you're going to need a good team. Yeah. My dream like project would be to like do a good remake of the Dragon Ball Z okay story and i would do it and i would do it in like three films i'll do it in three films and like i would probably start with like the saiyan namek saga in one film that's a lot that's a lot that is a lot but question what is what does that mean okay okay so (laughs) you're both like all right let's go so many sagas so there's different sagas yeah well okay maybe that's a lot but what i'm saying is i would do like a saga a movie Okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Namek saga would be one. Yeah. Cell saga would be the second movie. That would be the that would the whole Cell saga would be the second movie. Interesting. And then the last and then it would I would probably do like like two sagas in the last final in the final film. And um, like do that American thing where they'll like split the last movie into two movies. Yeah. Um just for your sake. The Saiyan saga when we did the first. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Abridge, it was that saga. So from the time that Raditz comes to the time that Vegeta leaves. Okay. Um, and then the 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 Namek saga is them essentially going to the planet Namek to use their Dragon Balls um, to wish everyone back who died in the Saiyan saga. Mm-hmm. Um, and but Namek's being destroyed at the time, right? Uh, well, it gets destroyed in the process of fighting Frieza, Frieza who is the one who is the big bad who sent uh the Saiyans to Earth and Frieza is the one on our last episode we established is actually naked but his skin looks like he's wearing clothing yes yes which works out for everybody yeah got um, it yes. I'm I'm naked but my skin looks like I'm wearing clothes as well <laughs> it's true yeah um so that just to catch you up on that I think that'd be interesting what would you consider doing like a mini series as opposed mm. to like a, a movie like a season would be um the different arts. that's the thing no i just i just feel like dragon ball z deserves a spectacle it deserves an event okay it, it deserves an event to yeah. be to be gone to in theaters you know what i mean as while we still have that because it's not gonna be like that in a while you know what yeah. i mean like with this all these mergers and shit happening yeah and like you know all these companies like absorbing and pretty soon we'll get all of our entertainment from like one like monster company right it's yeah. like and we'll it's be not able- owned by disney you may not be able to see it in you the know theater. what i'm saying and like disney's gonna you know they're, they're gonna have their streaming platforms where you won't have to leave the house you know what i mean so while we still go out for like tentpole events i think dragon ball z like deserves a good one where you can like be in that dark theater and like yeah hear the fucking you know what i mean like, oh yeah um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's especially with the way that the battles happen and them being so like fast paced yeah. and, and, and dynamic. I, I think mean, I already know what the trailer is going to be like. Too. All right, dude, right, break let it let down. Let me describe the trailer. All right. It's just a extreme close up on feet running. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. And you know, they're wearing those little, like, you know, those little, like ninja the shoes, the yeah. little ninja boots yeah. that they're wearing. Right. And it's just running. And, like, I don't know what the verbiage is yet, but all you hear is you see the running and then you just hear words. You hear, like, a boy talking. You know what I'm saying? And it's, like, the voice of, like, Gohan or something like that, right? And then you slowly start to pan out from the feet that are running. And then you get into this super wide fucking drone shot of a kid just running on a mountain, right? And there's, like, a cloudy just overpass to the left of the mountain Uh and just out right before the camera cuts to black this giant fucking face of shenron just comes out of the clouds Ooh. just a little bit just enough to be like holy fuck was that a dragon and then we cut <laughs> yeah and it's like dragon ball z nice or it just says z you know yeah. something yeah, yeah, ominous yeah. well if you literally like even I if you work the verbiage out but that it's just that long shot and then you just see him running yeah and then you just fucking see the 
fucking... Well, because even if you're like me and you completely missed that boat, like, if I saw that trailer and I, I had that reaction, like, holy shit, is that a dragon? And then it just hits the Z, all you gotta do is throw the Z up and just throw one dragon ball behind <laughs> the Z. Ooh, <laughs> you know? Nice. I, I have People an, would I, be like, like you, you've got goosebumps, right? right? That shit would be... Like, I would know exactly what that means. That'd be like, holy fuck. You know what I mean? And, like, that's not a scene... It, it's kind of like derivative of the opening scene. Where they're I mean, like, you know the, you know but, the part. Like, well, yeah, no, yeah. Where he's running, and then right. you just see Shenron kind of rise but up. But that's what you want. You that's want what you it want. to like, you, you like, want, you want to people to have that sense of familiarity, that nostalgia. Yeah. But just imagine a cinematic reshooting of that scene. I don't know where we'd find that location. We need some type of foggy mountaintop. But like, Japan. they'll just shoot yeah, it on a green Japan. screen in Atlanta, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, I mean, because I could even imagine it, even if it's not like a mountain having it be like you think it's snake way but mm-hmm. it ends up being shinron's back and essentially the movie starts with him on his way back and everyone is already dead and so like you're kind of catching mm. people up as that's going because i think that would be really interesting so you would start the movie when goku's already dead uh, yes i would start with uh, goku being dead spoilers and the, uh it happens in like the first episode. You guys both, you, if, if you're listening, uh, they both simultaneously did a hand you got, wave. You gotta understand. Think about because here's okay. So here's where we get into the Western sensibilities of it, right? Because imagine we're going into the office of our executives today, right? And we're trying to tell them how we want to tell this story. They're gonna they're gonna stop us and they're gonna be like, "What about the people who've never seen Dragon Ball? You know what I mean? Yeah. What about like why? You know what I mean? Choosing the start." with the main character of the entire franchise being dead is gonna like how are you gonna sell that to american executives um because it allows you to not only uh it allows you to not only show people how the dragon balls work uh because especially if you're going to namek it's like if you start with um so you're bypassing the the whole raditz story and everything no we don't need it um Mm, what about vegeta's introduction napa no you get there because essentially so the way i imagine it lex is just um, like i have no idea what's going on um, but this is fun um the way i imagine it is like you you have him running on snake way and you have them wish him back so you start with like the running and you start with like the dragon uh and so they make their wish he loses his halo Mm. and then from there you cut directly to um like either the z warriors like coming in uh first uh, mm-hmm. coming in contact with vegeta and napa so like the threat is them mm-hmm. um and then you can kind of have uh as he's running like him either i don't like narration but mm. the idea of like the, the narration the would only of, be for the trailer and it right. probably wouldn't be real narration it'll probably no, no, just I be mean, audio taken from like another scene right no i just mean in terms of you know? like in in the movie itself like I don't want him to be like I gotta get back because my friends are dying and I, I'm gonna no, but like more yeah. uh, you see like in context juxt like cut in between him running to the uh, down snake way. Mm. Um, I mean that's how I imagine it. So break down everything that happens in your Dragon Ball Z movie. In, so it's like it opens with Goku on Snake Way. Yeah, it opens with Dra- uh, Goku on Snake Way, um, and then you also then essentially you have uh, the characters wish him back so as he's running his like halo disappears mm-hmm. um and then snap uh like snap to uh where does he where does he, he shows right sequence. up on the battlefield when they wish him back right doesn't he doesn't he show up like no, right he uh he has to run back so he's on king kai's planet mm. when they wish him back and then he has to run down snake way so mm. he's running down snake way the whole time that they are um fighting fighting yeah so i would have it just straight at snake way um have him running there um, after they do the, the initial wish, um, it cuts to like a month later. Um, and that's when the Saiyans land and that's when you have everyone, um, essentially fighting Nappa and Vegeta, um, through dialogue, you can kind of get like, right, but you're taking, you're, you're taking a few liberties because don't of course they? I'm taking liberties because <laughs> if we're going to get to Namek, we got to establish what the Dragon Balls do. Yeah. We got to establish so why they're going. Cause they don't wish him there. back until Vegeta gets there. I know. So you well, no, oh, okay. they wish him back before he gets there. Um, they wish him back right before he gets there, and then um, the Saiyans land like a month ah. later because you have a certain amount of time. Okay. Um, so because I want the way that I imagine the structure being is so they go to Namek specifically because Piccolo dies and they can't wish back um, any any other anyone else uh, from that point. So essentially, you are establishing 
um, Vegeta, who he is. Um, you're establishing what the Dragon Balls do. You're establishing who Frieza is, so that ultimately you have this guy who killed Frieza, or who killed all of Goku's friends, who he later has to work together with to defeat the bigger bad that mm. essentially sent them and destroyed their planet. So, so like, is that how it ends with Free? Does it end with Frieza's introduction, or hmm. do you see Frieza in the in the climax? Um, I think it's Frieza in the climax because I want that relationship. Like I, there's a lot of bullshit that happens on Namek before mm-hmm. Goku gets there. Um, I don't need any of that. Okay. Um, I need them to get to Namek. It's like a, uh, and I need like Goku can show up a little bit late because I mean you need your Ginyu Force. Um, but like I need I need mostly the dynamic between Vegeta going from mm-hmm. um, bad guy to sobbing baby boy. Okay. Um, Okay, so all right, I think this is something that you could help out with because I'm. I feel like you're in the dark over there. Okay, about for, all the for yeah, Malik. So. Context for you: a big feature of this show has been Tari trying to gradually turn me into an anime fan. Mm-hmm. I have no real frame of reference for any of this at all. You should just dive in, man. You should just dive in. Anime is amazing. It's, I've said, it's a whole world waiting for you out there. We have talked on the show before about how like I'll watch anime and I'll even occasionally get things out of it, and then it just sort of leaves my brain completely and that's okay. if i don't find it impenetrable let's talk about this because there's there's okay there's it takes more than one thing to make a good dragon ball z film and right now we've been talking about what parts of the story to leave out and to leave in yeah but then you have to talk about who would you put in the movie you have to talk about certain things that are in the cartoon that you would try to bring into the live action like for example how would we cover their hair how would we cover going well, going Super Saiyan? You know what I mean? How yeah. would we cover the Kamehameha? Like, how would that look visually? You know what I mean? Because that's stuff that they thought about and just did poorly yeah. in the Dragon Ball Z evolution, in the Dragon Ball Evolution film. Do you, so, uh, do you think that there are specific tenets uh, to adapting a, a film to a different culture? Like, do you think that there are things that need to happen to to like make make it uh, successful absolutely okay so for example like yes the like goku is saying but i would cast a japanese man i would cast an asian man in that role good you know what i'm saying like he's an alien but the motherfucker looks asian right you know yeah. what i'm saying he resembles an asian man so like first decision i would make is like you're, we're doing a casting call of just like all asian people in fact only person that I would cast, like that's not Asian, would be Piccolo. That's a black dude all day. Hell okay, yeah. who? Which which black dude? I'm thinking like at, like right now, maybe like Michael Jai White. Okay, Ooh, Michael Jai. All White. right, you know dope. what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe like Michael Jai White. But I'm also every time I think about these people, I'm like, they're gonna be dumb old when I fucking do this movie. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's gotta be some up and comers. There has though. to be some up and comers. Um, I would. Ooh, you know? Have you seen? Have you seen Moonlight? Um, I have, yes. Yeah. The oldest version of the oh, dude? Yeah. Uh, he'd be a good piccolo. Trevante Rose? Tre- yeah. He'd okay. be a good piccolo. Yeah. I right? can see that. Yeah. You know? We just, we just gotta teach him how to fight. Check this um, out, though. Raid Redemption, main character? Yes. That's Goku. Ooh. Okay. I like that. What's his name? I, I don't um, have the top of his Can we get his name? Yeah, let's, let me, well. I think he would vamp. be a good Goku, and I would have it so that his hair normally it's just long and it just comes down. It won't like be spiky oh, because yeah. that way when he goes Super Saiyan, it'll just be on some like static shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like I like minor like I, I feel like I've seen people do cosplay where it is it is fairly it looks good adapted. Like he has he has bangs. He'll have it, some like, bangs. It, it yeah, goes we'll... like it com- it like combs sideways a little bit. And because, like, the main thing is he has what I would describe as just a really large cowlick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you have the top kind of going off to the side and you have the back kind of going um, off to the side, to the other side as well. Kind of like the, um, what is the, uh, it's the basketball uh, team uh, that's an, it's basically like an S mo- uh, look. I'm a, a sportsman or not <laughs> my thing. Uh, I want to say it is the Suns. But I, I might Phoenix be Suns, maybe. Also, um, uh, the actor who's the lead in uh, the Ray Two. I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this name, but it's uh, Eco Uais. Mm. Cool. U W A I S. How do you spell it? Uh, I K O 
U-W-A-I-S. Ikoais. Yeah, yeah, dude. He'd be a great Goku. Look at this guy. <laughs> That's Goku. Um, yes. He's got he the has, hair already. He has a very um, he has a very friendly face, which mm-hmm. like Goku has, and it's uh, and Goku has like a, a a weird charm about him where mm-hmm. no matter who he meets, everyone everybody like, else is, would be unknown. Yeah, everybody else would be unknown. I like the idea of doing a an adaptation with a bunch of unknowns. Yeah, because um, it, it one it like doesn't put like weird expectations maybe one like, maybe a few like maybe like we'll give like the rock or something could be piccolo or some shit like that you know what i'm saying yeah like that'll like that could be cool i like the idea of like peppering in big names but for like for yeah for like ancillary roles because you know like, when you get when you get those big names i feel like there's always a certain amount of of uh not liberties but like uh input that they have to give and and everyone's like well I know that this it's supposed to go this way, but like Will Smith isn't going to do that, so let's do something else. Like, but so right. if you have unknowns, like you can tell the story that you want to tell. Exactly. Yeah. That's I. I yeah. Will Smith isn't going to do that. <laughs> I don't know. In a world where Will Smith is allegedly playing the genie and Guy Ritchie's Aladdin, I could see him slapping on the green makeup and shit. <laughs> the purple arms. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Man, this this there's a lot. There's a lot happening. There's a lot. Um, now all I can think about is just how I would structure this movie. No, definitely. Um, here, it would be it would be three movies. It would be three movies. Cell would be somewhere in that in that. Yeah. Cell would have to be somewhere in the middle. What is I mean, what is that? If Cell is a he's a he's an android created by this doctor who becomes sentient basically and gets hell-bent on, like, being the best, and he keeps, like, evolving, and he keeps having different versions of himself, so there's Cell, then there's... Semi-perfect Cell. Semi-perfect Cell. And then Perfect Cell. And then Perfect Cell. Um, So he's, like, Ultron? Sort of. Like, the main thing about him is that he has the cells... Yeah, yeah, he's a a bio-android, so, like, he has all the cells of every fighter that you've ever come across. So he has, like, Goku cells and Vegeta cells and, and Nappa and, and He absorbs every, everybody that he um, fights. He gets their DNA. So, yeah, he can use all of their techniques. Um, and he absorbs people by essentially drinking them, which is, like, the gr- like it's real grotesque. He has this, like, <laughs> needle tail, and he, like, sticks it in people, and they and just, essentially, like, yeah. yeah. They, um, they... Like raisins. Yeah, they shrivel up, and then, like, he... he uh, and then he this, immediately he'll immediately like yeah he gets like, a power up every time he does yeah um, so he only does it three times no he like he does it to a bunch of people though like when he does it to humans like he just gets a little bit more power okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but he transforms by absorbing these other two androids um, who they look like teenagers but they're super powerful in the future they kill all the the Z fighters um, and the only ones who are left are Gohan who is Goku's son mm-hmm. and uh, Trunks. Trunks who is Vegeta's son who can time um, travel yeah and so there's a whole it's they start really diving into sci-fi I forgot about Trunks we gotta my um, Trunks it has to be in right in so the I think if you're gonna do the second movie being the Cell Saga um, you definitely like cause, cause it initiates with, with Frieza coming back um, and that's how you introduce Trunks so you can have that piece and like have the Cell Saga be its own cohesive thing especially because you've already gotten to know go gohan and it's his story as mm-hmm. opposed to being goku's story because go gohan has to defeat cell yeah um so you have the so cell goku games. takes a back seat in the second one yeah in the sequel which right. is great i really like this idea this pattern that we're setting up that like goku is so non He's he's more incidental to everything that is happening. Like he starts the first movie dead, and mm-hmm. by the end he's like super injured. Second movie he's there, but he's like he dies not, again because yeah, he dies time, again. Yeah, he's like doing the he's, no. He dies at the end of every saga at this point. Like even at the end of he doesn't Majin die in Buu Buu. Saga. Does he die? No, he I, doesn't. He doesn't. How do they? Are you sure? How do they end up in um in? I guess he just teleports to the Kai, the world of the Kai's. He doesn't die, but Vegeta dies. Okay. Vegeta gets turned into dust, right? Yeah. Yeah. He like he blows himself up trying to um, save everyone from Majin Buu, and it's like this nice redemptive moment, even because he goes evil, 
Um, and it's probably my favorite version of Vegeta because he is, uh, it's like the first time you get to see him evil again, mm-hmm. um, which I really like, evil Vegeta. Um, but yeah, I could see that. I could see the Boo Saga beat, especially because after you see how cool uh, Gohan is at the end of your second movie, at the beginning of the next movie, um, Goku's not around and he's just a garbage uh, throwaway character. Mm-hmm. Um, Gohan is. He becomes like a, a opposing and by the time warrior we get the boo, for justice. By the time we get the boo, Gohan's like like 19, 20 years old, yeah. right? So he's yeah, like yeah. young adult, grown man kind yeah. of thing. He's not like like kind of because there's like baby Gohan and there's like midway Gohan when he was dressing like Piccolo for yeah. a little bit. Then there's adult Gohan where yeah. he's like dressing like his dad, cut his hair, mm-hmm. super Saiyan man right. Gohan. Saiyan man Gohan. <laughs> um, but and he also meets his future wife. So, like, if you want to think about it also, this, if you, you could also make your Dragon Ball Z movie series about Gohan. Mm. Um, he could be the central character. Yeah. Like, you think it's, it could be a big fake out because you think it's about Goku because that's what the whole series and the franchise is about. Yeah. But the movies could definitely, that's, now I feel like every movie, every adaptation, you're going to take liberties. Yeah. But it's about the liberties that you take. Right. And it's about the decisions that you make. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't take enough liberties. Like, I feel like uh, Watchmen was just too faithful to the comic. Yeah. Yes. Like, they didn't They didn't derive, they didn't go anywhere off the book. The, they, the one way in which that, they did doesn't make a great deal of sense to me either. Like, the, the only real major difference was the way they ended it. Where in the book, like, Adrian Veidt just has this giant squid that he beams into the city and, like, it sets off this big explosion. Mm -hmm. And it unites everybody because it's like, oh, this threat from space. We better all band together as a planet. Whereas in the movie, he pins it on Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And we spent a whole lot of time in this movie hitting on the head that uh, God exists and he's American. So I'm wondering how that's going to unite the whole world against an outside threat versus it's going to unite the whole world against America. Yeah. That didn't really like click into place for me particularly well. You know, cuz America was attacked too, bro. You know, he's just he's now this this crazy powerful thing. He's he's more than America. He's a nuclear bomb. They're all uniting against nuclear weapons. It's a metaphor. Have you heard have you heard have you heard of metaphors? Ooh, they're like they're like similes, but they don't use like or as, and and they're real. It's like a picture. Clever. It's like a picture book. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, we are we're running low on time, guys. This was fun. Yeah. I would I would love to come back and talk about some more stuff, man. This Hell is, yeah. This is- great i do also i like that we we dovetailed very nicely into a full circle type situation with going back to the adaptations we gotta, we gotta write liberties these, we gotta write these movies man we yeah. gotta write these three films i, I have I so many I, questions we need to, i need to go back and i need to like rewatch the sagas so i can figure out exactly what filler to live on because i, yeah. I kind of feel you well, on that yeah. snake way thing like i think that's a good place to start it and it'll be a lot of groundbreaking stuff because imagine like what movie have has ever began with the hero being dead besides like american beauty that's right. the one I mean? that popped into my head too <laughs> so and i don't know if you won an really... oscar bro yeah so <laughs> that's that's the key what do you oh, mean yeah like Oh man, um, yeah, I would love to to, to <laughs> do this collab on this baby. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, where can people find you if they want to ask you questions about this movie? Oh man, if they want to ask me questions about the Dragon Ball Z movie that I'm definitely gonna make, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on all social media, and by all social media, I mean just Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only one that matters. <laughs> At Spike Leak. Which is just basically Spike Lee with a K, and I think like, I'm, I think I'm gonna have to like change that at some point because like if my life goes the way that it's gonna go, like I'm gonna be in an area where like Spike Lee like knows about me, and I don't know if I'm ready to like explain that name to him, you know? So for now, I mean, I feel like that would be an awkward conversation. You know, be like I'm very flattered. Please yeah. leave. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because you know, you you make things never thinking you're gonna see these people. You right. know what I mean? But it's like, there's a good chance that I, you know, if I play my cards right, I might run into Spike Lee one day. You know what I mean? And I then mean, he might be like, "What's your social media?" And he'd be like, "Uh." 
<laughs> and then you just give him like your name, right? And then you whip out your phone and you're immediately like changing, changing your phone. Changing it. As, yeah, like. I'd like to imagine that you just play it off like you didn't realize the, the comment. You'd be like, you know, like, uh, I really liked Buffy and my name's Malik. So I was like Spike Leak. And then he's like, you know, that's close to my name. And you'd be like, I'm like, what? oh, word? <laughs> and then oh, he embraces word? you. And then we just <laughs> yeah. come and work for me. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, but yeah, it's uh, Spike Lee with a K. Um, yeah, you guys can find me there. I will be directing my first movie this year as well. I'm very oh, excited nice. for that. It's called Rent Controlled. Okay. So look out for that. We shoot in Labor Day. We just had a, a second round of auditions yesterday, actually. So this is all new stuff for me, man. This is great. I am happy to be here. Happy to finally be doing the shit that I came to the city to do. So. Amen. <laughs> took me five years, but, you know, here we are. Nice. Um, uh, guys, make sure to follow. Um, and uh, when your movie comes out, uh, let us know, and we'll, we'll plug that baby. Yeah. Come back and talk about it. It's all about gentrification. It's like, it's like Weekend at Bernie's meets gentrification. Interesting. Yeah, I, right? I'm, so you I just sold a ticket, premise, yeah. right? Yeah. Seriously. Look at that. Weekend at Bernie's meets anything. You have my <laughs> money. <laughs> just take it. Uh, yeah, but seriously, thank you guys. This is awesome what you guys are doing here. Keep it up. Yeah. I want to, you know. This is really fun. Yeah. Uh, Lex, where can they find you? Um, all over social media at the Lex Michael. Tweet at me and we can talk about how little of that conversation we understood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. That is Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can find us at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Twitter as well. That was poignant. Yeah. And also, we, you we say all the... that. You practice that. <laughs> Every week, baby. <laughs> and yet you still sometimes forget how to spell it. Yep. I sometimes forget all about that out. Uh, but but guys, like we we keep saying it. Uh, we see you guys reaching out to us on social media, and it means a lot. Uh, we love you too. Um, well, thanks again, guys, Thank for you. joining us. Um, we really enjoyed having you, Malik. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher, and Podbean. We're also on Overcast if you're using that. Uh, Everywhere. And we'll see you next week. I like those dumplings. <laughs> <laughs>